on today's episode of Day One FM, it's a bit of a smorgasbord. We're going to talk about a, a lot of different things, so uh, bear with us, but I promise you it will be uh, at least fun, hopefully insightful. Um, but I want to kick things off because it's, I mean, at this point it will be a little later, but I saw that Fat Joe dressed as Ozempic for <laughs> Halloween, uh, thanks to my my daily or hourly updates from Pop Crave, or rather Fat Joe stuns as Ozempic and for Halloween, <laughs> as Pop Crave would say, but... I did want to bring this up because I feel like Ozempic uh, has been everywhere in the news cycle for the past year. Also recently, the it seems like the news media is very pro-Zempic, um, one would say. But I don't know, has, has, this got, has this come across your guys' feed at all? Or Well, I mean, totally. I feel like I get, like, every other Instagram ad that I get, for better or worse, is, like, Noom offering Ozempic, hers now offering Ozempic, or like Wegovy, or like whatever those <laughs> things are. Like it's crazy how hard that it's getting pushed. So I feel very personally aware of it, but attacked, <laughs> attacked, and frankly called out. Um, but I think it's it's also you know of course all over the news. And I think I sent you this article today about how this gym is gonna offer like weight loss drugs as part of its like membership perks. Who wears this like life yeah, fitness gym? gym. I sent it to you. Oh, wow. But, like, I do think that there's, I don't know, there was a piece in, maybe it was Bloomberg recently, talking about its effects on certain, like, markets and how, like, Walmart and these other sort of, like, big box retailers or snack brands are starting to look at Ozempic and the effects that it might have on consumers and just, like, where they're putting their money if yeah. they're all Ozempic'd up. Yeah. <laughs> well, ba- well, just to back up. So Ozempic, for those listeners who may not know, is a... Uh, originally like a diabetes drug and uh, obesity drug. Um, And it's been hailed as this kind of miracle drug because of its um, essentially like not 100% effectiveness rate, but it's it's extremely effective. But what they found is that it also curbs other impulsive behavior, such as, I don't know, um, the need to smoke or uh, drink booze or even shop. Um, so I think that's kind of what you were touching on. But it's made by Novo Nordisk, which is a Danish pharmaceuticals company. And it has recently made them the most valuable European company. Um, yeah, the most valuable European company outs- outside of or outstripping LVMH of that title, which is impressive. Big it's just, pharma. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to me how, you know it's impacted or infiltrated culture to such a degree that it's like you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody who's on Ozempic. <laughs> I know, like, I feel like, but isn't that kind of, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just different circles, but I feel like I don't know anyone personally who has at least told me flat out, like, oh, I'm on Ozempic. Like, I oh, feel I like- Oh, I know a few. Oh mm-hmm. my, well, I'm, I'm curious on your take, but I feel like, at least for me, I'm just, I wonder how long it will, or maybe it is already kind of maybe normalized, but I feel like maybe there's still kind of like a shame factor around it, or not shame, but just like, I don't know. A like taboo. A taboo, mm, yeah. True. I just, it's interesting that, like, it's literally become a Halloween costume, you know, whereas before, I don't know, people made fun of, like, the Jamie Lee Curtis Activia commercial for, it felt like, decades. And, like, then there was the Lady Gaga migraine commercial and the Khloe Kardashian. Like, you know, they are obviously these celebrities who endorse these products, but when you're actually wearing a product like Ozempic as a Halloween costume, it has infiltrated culture in such a way that it's, like, become a meme or a costume just feels mm-hmm. really s- strange and like dare I 
venture to say dangerous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the grip that big pharma has on our culture. <laughs> right. Well, I, I do think the like the the Ozempic de-influencing effect, if you will, is super interesting from a standpoint that it like has food manufacturers and, you know, big tobacco and booze companies very worried about uh, like fall off in demand for their products because I feel like I mean I tried to like put these thoughts down on paper via slack I don't think it worked but um, that like all of those brands whether you were a big tobacco or CPG or fast food like almost worked in cahoots with pharmaceutical companies it's like sell us your poison so you can take our cure type of thing and everyone got rich but now it's like okay, the pharmaceutical company, this is tinfoil hat time, but now it's like the pharmaceutical companies are making like a shit ton of money and it's leading to a fall off in demand for like everything else. And I just think that's an interesting dynamic to like keep an eye out for. Yeah, I think, yeah, to kind of <laughs> add <laughs> foil to the yeah. hat. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, no, I just think that, you know, like we have seen come out of the Mad Men area of advertising or whatever, where like literally brands would market you know, products that were unhealthy for you only to then sell you a cure for like twice the price or whatever, kind of keeping, I don't know, markets afloat. Now that there is a drug that I guess is like both popular in the zeitgeist, but also has, I guess we'll find out, but like a net positive effect on, you know, popular, mm-hmm. you know, populace, the populace's health um, just is a kind of interesting thing because I think weirdly as we are, sort of hurtling towards a recession maybe and people yeah. are like maybe i'm not gonna predict anything well if th- would it would it be an ozempic induced recession I, yeah. if people stop buy- well, <laughs> buying no I, I think that like really does factor into it because if you are trying to spend i think i don't know i can personally say like i'm trying to spend less than i was i think like the natural or uh, organic advice around a recession is like don't really spend your money if you can you know, cut back on a lot of things. People are cord cutting, getting rid of subscriptions, not eating out as much. Um, and part of that, I think, is a result of like an impending recession or part of that also could be <laughs> oh, <is it> Ozempic. <laughs> Ozempic. Come to Day 1FM for your financial <laughs> advice. Well, and I mean, I don't know. You, you put it here on the doc, but I also wonder, <laughs> like, do you guys think, just to sort of be devil's advocate about it, like part of the sort of like, oh, this is going to hugely affect like consumer behavior and markets is sort of overblown in some way. Like I almost wonder if, you know, like the sort of cultural impact of it and like the sort of emotional impact of like, oh, there's this expectation, like if I am less or, you know, outside of like the norm of body standards, it's like, well, like why aren't you on Ozempic type of thing? Like I feel Mm -hmm. like it's almost more of like an attitude shift is like the thing that feels the most insidious about this versus like, I don't know. It feels like some people are sort of starting to cool on like Ozempic is going to be a massive shift from a consumer standpoint, but it might still be a massive shift from a culture standpoint. I don't know. Just another. I do think it's a massive shift from a culture standpoint, which is why we're seeing what we're seeing, like the knock on effect of its popularity. It was actually I got this email. Everyone's talking about Ozempic, but like (laughs) uh, it has gained TikTok users' attention with the hashtag Ozempic gaining 1.3 billion views and hashtag Ozempic weight loss gaining 417.5 million views. Creators on the platform are posting a range of videos, including weight loss journeys, how to use Ozempic currently, and the side effects of the drug. This is like (laughs) so crazy to me that people 
I assume a lot younger, you know, user base on TikTok is literally advertising a drug and the drug and like the people, the makers of it are clearly just like sitting back and being like, well, well, well. That's the sound <laughs> yeah. of my bank account growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is sad. It New is Yorker's sad. fourth most searched for term is Ozempic face with 20,016 searches a month on average across the entire state's population. And on what platform? Google? Yeah, and Google. Fourth mer- most searched term is Ozempic face. Bruh. <laughs> no way. Yeah, New York is the. Um, what do you mean is Ozempic face? It's this. It's the it's snatch like the that you get. Fat. Is it buccal or buckle? Bu- buccal fat removal. That's a separate procedure. Ozempic no. <laughs> face is when you lose a lot of weight. It comes out of your face. Too. Oh, okay. right. and so you get the face snatch along with the bod snatch. <laughs> All right. Well, either way, I feel like the, the fact check. I feel like the like era of less may be upon us. In a culture of more, uh, Ozempic might be bringing less Mm -hmm. one thing to keep track of all right moving down the bulleted list that we have uh scrambled together ahead of time here i see um is culture now in the courtroom uh which i want it was either you trey or you claire that put in (laughs) but just to lay lay the groundwork here so we have sam bakeman freed very high profile uh white collar criminal case going on right now obviously you have the entire trump family in court in many many a state uh, George Santos as well. I feel like courtroom culture, cu- courtroom drama was big during like the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing last year, but perhaps it's making a comeback as well. I want to get either of your takes here. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think it's funny because we had the whole Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial, which yeah. obviously we are all tuned into. Um, <laughs> we all. But yeah. I do I mean, think there, I do think these like, I, I would say kind of low stakes political type trials of like George Santos embezzlement or, you know, indicted <laughs> on like 23 charges. I, and stakes, yet yeah. they did the house, I think voted not to expel yeah, him yeah. For, different reasons, for different reasons, for different reasons. But reasons. I just Precedent. think it's like funny to me that these sort of like low stakes judge Judy style courtroom cases are, just like there's a constant drip feed of them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's the my takeaway is different because I actually don't feel like these are necessarily low stakes. I mean, George Santos is at the end of the day, small potatoes, and he I think he will go to jail. Uh, get your political analysis at day one FM, too. <laughs> but I think that it's like speaks to more of like a pervasive scamming culture that <laughs> that is everywhere, which I feel like is was like the low hanging fruit takeaway. But of it all seems this. like no one cares is my point. I think yeah. like, yeah, you know. People are shilling drugs on TikTok and like <laughs> ignoring, <laughs> ignoring, you know, not only world issues yeah. or like going on, but what mindset <laughs> is that? Like, what is that called? Lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that too. It's just like it's, I feel like it's rage bait, but no one's getting angry anymore. They're just yeah. like, well, yeah. no, it's fine. We'll wait till next time when there's like opportunity to expel somebody who's like actually done wrong. That's documented and proven. <laughs> Like all of these things, right? Yeah, mm. I don't know. Have you been keeping up with any of this, Clara? I mean, ambiently, what I hear on WNYC, of <laughs> course, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Trey. I feel like there's ebbs and flows of like courtroom buzz. You had Gwyneth Paltrow, you of course had like the Anna Delphi trials, like, and I think that there's a certain sort of voyeurism that's sometimes interesting about them that or like that gets people excited, or like the sort of the quotable moments of the Gwyneth Paltrow trial, for instance, but. I think to your point, it's sort of like 
I see these clips and at this point, you know, we had like the January 6th, like Congress, like, like I feel like there's just been too much of this at this point. We're inundated like, with crime. We're <laughs> inundated with crime and corruption. And it's like you, I don't know. I personally am not like compelled by it. I don't yeah. think most people are. It's like, it will go where it goes. I like <laughs> to see people like exiting, like, you know, the courtroom walk in, like walk in fits. But other than that, it's not. I do love the courtroom sketches that we've been seeing. Yeah, I the know. Sam Bankman Freed ones. True yeah, artwork like the Giga Chad. Oh, Sam Bankman. Yeah. Giga Chad. No, it is like the, the Giga Chad, like Trump and Sam Bankman Freed courtroom sketches are actually fantastic. If there's a way to digest what's going on there, at least visually, I think that's that's the only way. And I would I would hope that that tradition keeps up. But I think the Trump one will be filmed. One of them will be filmed, which I think he'll the revolution enjoy will be know. televised. Yeah, you're saying exactly, <laughs> oh exactly. But yeah, another bullet point that we have here today is uh, being dead isn't the gig it used to be. Clara, this is right up your alley. I think is what you uh, dropped in the was. highest paid dead celebs of 2023. Talk to me. <laughs> what am I looking at? Here? On the list. Yeah. <laughs> Well, basically, and I, I'll admit, I didn't know that Forbes kept track of this information, but it's basically like the the celebrities who have passed away, whose estates are generating the most money. And Oh, let me guess, Basquiat and his Uniqlo collab. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, like, you'd think that, you know, I don't know if he was actually one of the chart toppers, but mm. for instance, you know, like this year, Elvis Presley, like between the Priscilla movie and like all these other things, like you can kind of gauge, I guess, somewhat by what's going on in culture. Like MJ, the musical happened this year. Michael Jackson is still at the top of the list with 115 million in earnings. King of pop. King of pop, for better or worse. Who gets that but money? Like, like, so that's the thing. Right? But like that's, who? What's so her name? Paris? Blanket? Blanket is one of the kids. But oh that was, like, the God. whole thing with the Priscilla movie. Like, Riley Kehoe and Priscilla Presley were, like, going back and forth. Or not Priscilla Presley, Anne-Marie were going back and forth over. Or, no, Priscilla and Riley were going back and forth over <laughs> Anne-Marie's. <laughs> Whatever. In any oh case. Man. Are you devastated? Quick sidebar. Are you devastated that Sofia Coppola passed up passed up the Twilight film? Or I mean, not, I it's like a what care. if. Yeah. I would say it's one of the, the great film one of what those ifs. great unsolved mysteries. Along with, which we were discussing, the Joan Didion screenplay for The Secret History, mm. which, you know, would love to see it, but won't mourn it. Right. I think the thing that I wanted to call out just briefly, and we can move on, about like the being dead isn't the gig it's u- it used to be thing, is that in 2022, it actually reached like a record gross of 1.6 billion in like earnings of like s- like passed away celebrity estates, um, and it's like actually down 70 percent this year, which I just think is like an interesting. Wow, they're not working as hard as they. It's <laughs> just like an interesting phenomenon, and like I think you could attribute it to like different things like they talk about like music catalog sales that had like sort of bolstered it in the past year um but in any case i thought it was sort of one of those you know oddities of the scroll perhaps mm. that you know candidly you're, yeah. it never you're a big oddity of the scroll person well, I think i'm always glad that <laughs> i can leave it up to you to send me something that i would have never come across yeah. well ever. and you know <laughs> sometimes you know you have to diversify the feed diversify mm. the pot a little bit with those yeah sorts of things. i mean just looking at our slack said you sent me a cut article that said the rise and fall of dr roxy and i'd also be open to speaking to please because yeah. <laughs> i feel like we've also talked about like Speaking of, we were talking about scammers before, but TikTok is rife with uh, particularly medical scammers. Well, and this actually goes to our earlier sort of conversation around Ozempic, but 
for viewers that you know have either <laughs> not for viewers and listeners who've maybe not been seeing this Sing singular <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like your fyp page is not so cursed as mine there's like there's a pretty i don't know sizable portion of medical providers like particularly those in sort of like plastic surgery and cosmetology that like promote their services on tiktok and it kind of runs the gamut in terms of what that looks like whether it's like an explainer on like what goes into like a rhinoplasty or like before and after shots of like a brazilian butt lift um and then some providers like dr roxy like go so far as actually like live streaming or like releasing footage of the actual surgeries themselves um and it's kind of shocking to me that you can post this type of stuff on tiktok though i guess what can't you post really on the internet? Um, but the the controversy around Dr. Roxy is basically she's been accused and I think is now in the course of a trial around malpractice, like several counts of malpractice. And they're trying to basically tie it into the fact that she was live streaming these procedures that like, because she's doing this weird like TikTok VO as she's like, you know, putting a scalpel into someone's body. They were like, there's no way that you're like, you're a practitioner in like the full service of your patient if you're like doing content creation right. you know like <laughs> mid something for lift. the writer's room right. no um, my my greatest fear in capitalist america is my like surgery being live streamed on tiktok <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like anesthetized and i'm like yo yeah. <laughs> can well, i like, just get my veins cleared or whatever <laughs> <laughs> i know add that to the list but it, it it's interesting to me just because like and i don't know i don't really follow medical malpractice in general but <laughs> one of the <laughs> what, one that's of surprising. the key things I know it's surprising for me but like one of the key things I guess improving medical malpractice has occurred is that there was like a deviation in the standard of care and so the lawyers that are proving this are trying to basically say that live streaming surgery is a deviation in the standard of care and it's just you know when we is think that about obvious though well I would <laughs> think it would be obvious but like it's interesting because like the trial depending what happens like may or may not have the ability to like impact like how medical procedures and like are talked about and shown on social just because like and i don't know maybe it's because i like get targeted specifically like via the algorithm but it is crazy just like in your fyp like i'm not even kidding it's like you're just scrolling and then it's like a very gory image of like someone's like post rhinoplasty face and i'm like how is this like it's like a jump scare you yeah. know like this isn't there's no like tap in to see more or whatever, like sensitive content for whatever reason. It just isn't. Well, people are searching for Ozempic face, so people, I kind of get it. <laughs> I know. Like at least Ozempic face is a chemical issue. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you're is not it, getting. Isn't it cosmetic? Well, it's cosmetic, point? but I'm saying you're not getting hacked up by Ozempic. <laughs> and the For You page. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly nothing, is, nothing is private anymore everything yeah. must be turned into content even the inside of your body seemingly do you I think that she's like well it was in the fine print that like i have you know 90 day exclusivity on this video well, option think, to boost well that's <laughs> the thing is like a lot of her clients were finding her like via social media like they would be uh, is her she in followers. Miami? she's in ohio oh. um and so a lot of her followers would like come out to her practice to get surgery and then basically you know, in their recovery period or whatever, which I won't describe in detail on this podcast, like <laughs> they would sort of have these really awful either like side effects or the recovery process would not go as planned to very like painful and permanent ends. And 
it's kind of just, you know, it's a tale as old as time of like what you buy on Shein and what arrives in the box. But I think when you're talking about performing surgery, like, you know, you get the Shein surgeon, you get what you pay for. But this is what I'm saying is like Dr. Roxy, a clearly malpractice surgeon, gets an entire article on the cut. Or where did you read it? Yeah, of course it's the cut. Right. (laughs) She's got great PR people. Right. Of course it's the cut. So she's all over the place, yet we've got like these politicians who are embezzling and literally committing crimes. Where's the George Santos piece? No, but I think we see it all the time and therefore we're like a nerd to it. But if you get like one piece on the cut about Dr. Roxy, you're like, oh, what yeah. is this? But if but every it's day it's another headline about George Santos putting out cupcakes for his, you know, but like, I guess <laughs> I would poison cupcakes for reporters. I guess like, like, I yeah, would okay. argue, though, it's the same school. Like, I don't think that people like I feel like the George Santos stuff did suck up a lot of oxygen at one point or another. I just think that, like, it's hard when you have these basically like epic ongoing trials, even if it's Donald Trump, who has been like whatever under some indictment or trial since like. Literally since day one, yeah, or whatever, like <laughs> day one, since day one, since the second he was you know sworn I mean? in, it's Clara. It's just like I feel like it's a sustained period issue. You know what I mean? Like mm. you can't expect people to care about it for that long. I, I think for on both sides, I feel like whatever. There's just like not enough for lack of not saying this is a good thing, but there isn't enough novelty to it. I think to keep some people like engaged in the conversation. Well, what's interesting, too, is this week, I think the Washington Post's Taylor Lorenz wrote about how creators have basically overtaken traditional media outlets as being disseminators of news and info. And so I basically it is like a race to market your content in the best way that it will be consumed by the public that they'll care about it. So that's, I guess, why we're hearing about Dr. Roxy. It's true. Yeah. But we can move on. It's all right. (laughs) I'm sure you have (laughs) better things to discuss. Um, yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple of things. Um, the HBO chief was put on, or basically put out an apology. There's a ton of apology videos happening recently. I don't, I mean, that's, that's something different, but basically, um, they were caught or exposed, um, by using, for using fake, um, social accounts to bash TV critics which is funny and like, why do you really need to do that? But it's, I think there was a piece that came out a while back about how Rotten Tomatoes, it's similar, different shade of the same thing, but about how Rotten Tomatoes is essentially like easily gamed and manipulated and that a lot of movie uh, studios would just pay, <laughs> pay people to write good reviews. Um, I don't know, it's nothing sacred anymore. Right, I just kind of feel like everyone, you can misbehave and there's literally <laughs> no accountability, neither for politicians, doctors, streaming services, which, by the way, HBO just emailed me and they're raising the price. Or they're not raising the price. They're just taking away a lot of the features that I pay for. They're like, really? we're not raising like your what? price. It's like instead of three devices you can stream from, they're like, it's changing to two devices. And you previously could stream in 4K. Now it's not. It's just HD. And I'm like, so you're taking away my rights? While also <laughs> your bolstering rights. your reviews, your of your you show. don't have any rights on HBO. I should. You signed the contract. You I'm signed <laughs> away a lot. The contract. With yeah, the little frame. little twenty nine. Also being live streamed on TikTok. My my horrors are being exposed to the world. Oh my god! Just I like know. just like another victim. Speaking Britney of Spears. speaking of horrors exposed to the world, 
Uh, there's been a lot written about the Britney Spears memoir, in particular the Michelle Williams narration. Of the audio of the audiobook. Can you explain to your listen to the listeners? Maybe very explain briefly? that audio. Yeah. 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 Maybe <laughs> act it out, please. Maybe <laughs> maybe just explain a so little bit. So number one New York Times bestseller, The Woman and Me by Britney Spears, ghost written by <laughs> okay, Sam Simon and <laughs> Simon and Schuster PR. <laughs> um Britney Spears released her long anticipated audiobook <laughs> and paper big the book itself. The Woman and Me. Um it is a bestseller. I think it's sold over. It's sold over. No, it's for real selling. For real. Don't. Uh, you don't have it. Don't undercut. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I have the audio. You're reading. What are you reading? Anna Car- Lolita. Anna Karenina. I'm getting. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> go on. Go on. Um, so the audiobook <laughs> was narrated by um, Oscar-winning. Yeah, she, yes. she Oscar-winning win Oscar. a- actress Michelle Williams. And one clip, at least one <laughs> clip, has gone viral from the book uh, where Britney Spears explains her you know, early relationship with Justin Timberlake of NSYNC. And they're walking down the street in New York when they come across someone with a very heavy chain who Justin talks to in a way that <laughs> now would be... I mean, at the time, it definitely was. At the time, it definitely was. Too. Um, but Michelle Williams does this <laughs> hilarious um, impersonation of Justin Timberlake where he's approaching genuine uh the rapper and is like hey yo voshes voshes genuine what's up and everyone was like tweeting <laughs> this <laughs> clip from the audiobook um which only helped to uh boost sales so thank you maybe he was in cahoots too <laughs> jt oh but gosh. yeah the memoir was interesting i got through it all um, you read it well, I listened oh, to okay. it. I was How, narrated it. Why do you think like Michelle Williams was was tapped? Well, for that? I, well, I think they are both from the South. Um, Michelle Williams hails from, I believe, South Carolina or North Carolina. I'm not mm. sure. Mm. Um, so she has like a similar accent and demeanor, a <laughs> kind of a similar so, look too. Okay, yeah. it kind of at times sounds like Britney Spears is reading this herself, which That's is interesting. obviously the effect. And I think there's like a mutual appreciation from. I'm sure they met a long time ago since Michelle Williams was a child star. So Was she? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Everything is new is news to me. Well, she was she on in? Dawson's Creek for ages. Oh. <laughs> Don't know if you heard of that little show. <laughs> but uh, I actually really wasn't that that familiar. Mm. Um but yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean I I it's not really up my alley. I'm currently reading a book about McKinsey, so it's you know different. Who's he, who's she? who's she what corporate america doesn't want you to know don't know her um she's a problem yeah (laughs) um yeah i mean it's there's a lot going on lots to keep up with it's Mm -hmm. exhausting i don't really know any when you say culture is dead you know there was there was an interesting (laughs) it's funny you ask that trey i feel like we've been circling around this um getting vertigo um for a while but i mean you dropped in a a piece that's a you know at this point maybe a month old uh from the <laughs> still arts relevant. And still, still relevant relevant still relevant but yeah it was basically the title is what is it why is culture at a standstill mm-hmm. or why culture has come to a standstill and i think it's a pretty good articulation of like a bunch of different think pieces that have come out over the past couple years about stagnation growing stagnation across film um, music, art, etc. Um, but Trey, I mean, 
Well, I want to read just a little quote from here, which is basically the crux of the piece. Today, culture remains capable of endless production. So we're constantly seeing new stuff, but it's far less capable of change. Um, And it kind of goes on to say, um, oh, if the present state of culture feels directionless, that is principally because we are still inculcated so unconsciously we never even bother to spell it out in what the modernists believe. That good art is good because it is innovative and that an ambitious writer, composer, director, or choreographer should not make things too much like what others have made before. But our culture has not been able to deliver step changes for quite some time. So basically saying that like there was, you know, throughout the his- throughout history, there's been all these innovations in art and music and styles and kind of things being, even if not new, kind of like re- looked at or recreated in different ways yeah um whereas now there's just like ip that gets recycled with nothing new added to it there aren't even new like tools with which to create art you can argue like ai but that's not that's using literal things that already exist and kind of just like not putting any new stamp on it really Mm -hmm. um in fact it's kind of going it's like regressing in ways that it's like ai is trying to create things that are more like other art styles mm-hmm. like photos or photorealism and stuff like that. So I don't know. I kind of think it's an interesting theory because like we haven't had any major innovation like Pixar, I guess you could argue was like a huge innovation in the last maybe big one in film apart from what like Avatar, I guess. I don't know. But Ozempic. Yeah. I don't know. Had Ozempic. But yeah, I mean I I hear that. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I know this was a, a wild, meandering one, but hopefully you took something away from it. If not, a laugh. Uh, see you next time. Yo, thanks for tuning in. Stay up to date with all things Day One FM by subscribing to our page on Spotify, following us on Instagram at D1A, and staying up to date with the latest trends and insights on D1A.com forward slash perspective.